0: Welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined, as I am every week, by the Quiz Master, Mr. Shane Reeves. What does it say about me that I enjoy torturing my friends? I, uh, you know, I, I, the the look <laughs> on your face just now was. Was was fifty percent of the exercise? I feel oh, absolutely.
1: Like. So for those, we're doing back to back shows tonight, which we don't do often. No. So I have a very nice cohiba jar humidor that I keep in my locker to keep all my cigars in. So if they're not rolling around or falling out of the locker. You know, I like my I like my space organized.
0: And that way, your accessories and other things you keep in there are not getting buried under a pile of cigars, things like
1: that. Right. it kind of keeps everything in perfect balance. So, one, I handed my jar to Trey and I said, "Pick any cigar you want." Now, you're the only person in the world that I wouldn't have to say, "Don't pull out the Padron." Right. Because most people, if you hand them the jar, it's, there's five or six padrones in there. Oh yeah, I would I would say a couple of ligas too. Yeah, a couple of ligas. I'd say, hey, don't don't pull the Padron Yeah, at all. But I knew I didn't have to say that to you. I knew there's no <laughs> possible way that Trey is pulling a Padron out of this. And you did happen to pull out a cigar that I have in there that I'm supposed to smoke for the shop to tell them what I think about
0: it. Well, it's <laughs> it's funny because when you're when you're in an exercise like that. Yeah, there was a cigar that you have in there that I'm not a particular fan of, so I'm not going to grab that. And, but then you've got three or four of some stuff. But then you've you had, like I said, the patrones. You had the other, and it's that balance of I want to pick something that I that I like or that I might like, which was the case of that first one I pulled out. But I yeah, I'm not going to put. Pull the top shelf, but I'm not also just going to pull the the cheapest one you've got in there, even though I know it's it's a cigar I don't like. So it's this really weird. Like, how do I? And I, I feel like even the the one I chose was still the wrong answer, because I was okay. Africa, I know that you love the Africa. You pulled lot like you spoke lots of actually. You can get it. And then I pull it out, realize it's the Churchill. So I'm guessing this is the second-to-last one of what you had from that case? No. Okay, because I was starting to feel guilty once I realized. Oh, don't worry. You can
1: still feel guilty. Oh, uh, yeah. My wife went through great, great Uh. trouble. To procure me a bundle of those because she knows that's my favorite size of oh, Africa. Oh, nice.
0: Nice. Okay. I, knowing that it's not quite as limited a quantity <laughs> as it would have been, I don't feel as bad.
1: Okay, good. And I, and I hope you enjoy. I want you to enjoy. It. I would have loved to have handed that cigar to you, but it was a lot more fun to watch it. Oh, well. yeah.
0: Yeah. But, but I, I that, would have handed that but cigar. But you're to. right. That Churchill in the, in the Africa is the size that that was made for. That is the best size of
1: Africa. And so you'll be smoking the Africa Churchill, I believe it's called the Kudu. Uh,
0: actually, I just searched as it. Kufoko.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Really, really weird name. Yeah. Well, I'm actually smoking in Africa too, but this is my fourth cigar today because I went and I've been traveling with friends and smoking with them and then came in here and smoked one. And this is the Dumas. This is the Robusto Africa. I love this cigar. When I got the Africa humidor I wanted at the poker game that night, they gave me a bundle of these Dumas, came with that humidor. And I have loved having these little Dumas around. Just yard selling. You can light it up. You can smoke it, but you're not interfering with yard selling. Do it. It's box press so it'll sit on the fender while I walk up to a yard sale. I've really enjoyed having this cigar. That's awesome. So it's, we're both smoking Africas tonight.
0: Which we haven't done since the first time we smoked it on the show three, four years ago. Yeah, been twenty nineteen,
1: and, and this first time we both smoked different sizes of it. Oh, yeah. But that cigar is outstanding in the Churchill. If you've never had the Africa in the Churchill, you probably won't. Yeah. I, so I assume
0: I, at some point they're going to release them. I hope so. I, so. I don't know if you can still get the cases. So uh, they released a, it, basically a knockoff of the Peter James case, and it came with five of the Churchills. And at the time, and still to my knowledge, it's the only way you can get one. I'm not sure how, what backroom deal conspired to get you a full bundle, but it, I've, I've never seen them in a shop. I don't think you can get them in a shop. But if you ever can get your hands on one of these, it's worth it.
1: Well, our rep is one of the greatest guys in the world. Oh, yeah. And I think our rep knows that I've probably sold as many Africas as he has. Right. <laughs> He's the rep for the company. Mm-hmm. So when my wife called and said, this is Shane's favorite size, Adrian went above and beyond the Call of Duty. That's and awesome. procured those for us. So, bravo. I'm very grateful to him, and I'm even happier that I get to share one with you.
0: That's awesome. I so, appreciate
1: it. So that, that makes me feel good. But... Let's move on with the show. The show must go on. Now that the cigars are chosen, they are cut and lit appropriately. We may now continue with the show.
0: That was excellent stalling to try and get your iPad open. Yeah, well, <laughs> I,
1: was, I was going to break into some sort of song. I couldn't come. That's right. No Buffett come, this week. No, no Buffett this week. I was, I, was, I was thinking about a Jackson Brown, the stage is down, <laughs> you know, something like that. Something a little bluesy. Yeah. Four new colors for Paleos V Cutter debuting at TPE 2023. This is from Half Wheel.
0: Yeah, so I don't know what. Once you see the profile of, of those cutters, you know the brand that I that we're talking about. It's yeah. I remember seeing the the Paleos in in for forever. You know, at least since the early 2010s is when I kind of first remember seeing them. They're very smooth. The action on them is phenomenal. At the time, they were priced a little outside the range, and it didn't make sense when you could buy, a, you know, a, a Zycar cutter for the same price. Now they're twenty-five bucks, which I think is what they were back then. Even.
1: Yeah, it it is. I think that's what they originally started yeah, out at. Yeah, so at
0: the time, that was, a, that was a bit of a bridge too far. For something that wasn't spring-loaded, didn't have the same kind of action and feel as the Zycar. but I've always really liked them. I've never owned one, but what I find interesting about this, so it, there's like a, like a light jade teal, an olive, a royal blue, and a red. And this is in the V-cutter line. Very bold colors. Now... Palio has always done some color schemes, but they've been very subdued. They've been very sort of earth tones. I think they did a camo one, but it was very mild. I'm wondering, So this is the same company. This is Quality Importers owns them. Same company that owns Zycar that owns uh, Cigar Caddy. Cigar Caddy also this week announced three new colors for theirs, and it's the same. It's like an olive green kind of a... Like a camel, not quite tan, it's more of a yellow, but that kind of um, almost desert camel camo kind of color, and then a, a kind of a scarlet red. I'm wondering, so I see this, and you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago that Quality Importers is launching a, a, a diplomat-esque program for their retailers to get enhanced uh, warranty repairs and right, things like enhanced that. enhanced service. They've never done this kind of bold colors before. This is a new thing for them. I'm wondering if this is telling a story of them being in distress.
1: Well, the accessory market has always been very competitive, mm-hmm. has always been very full, and there's always, there's never been a good way to distinguish between who were the good accessories and who were the cheap accessories.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm thinking about this because you know, we, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how Calibri I think is has taken the reins again as the top dog in the accessories market. And one of the things that they have going for them is the Firebird line, which is their budget line, but it's it's full of very bold, bright colors, it's fun, it's lighthearted, you know, it's not the serious your granddad's accessories or whatever. And I feel like this is them trying to claw back some of the market share.
1: I think so. I think they're trying a lot of new stuff mm-hmm. and trying to get their market share back. I wonder why, you know, DeWalt tools. Yellow. Absolutely. Craftsman, red. Right. Cobalt, blue. You know what a tool is by the color of that
0: tool. Exactly.
1: And that's, a, that's always been a huge asset to the, especially the DeWalt company. Because you see that yellow and you say, "Oh yeah, that's that's going to be a good tool." It's a Dewalt. Yeah. Or you see the red and black and you say, "Okay, that's Craftsman. It's going to be a good tool. It's going to stand up the test of time." You see the blue and you say it's Cobalt. Don't buy it. Right. You know you you see the different colors and it's and I wonder why nobody in the cigar business has a signature, even if it's not a color, at least a signature emblem. Yeah, on their product, I, I think an emblem is what they would need.
0: Well, the Polios do have that. If you look at the photo, you can see that that's that's on every product they make. That little seal at the top. You know, because I was thinking about this when we first started talking about it about color, and I know that I choose my cigar accessories by the company first, and then I choose from their available colors. Sure. I don't. If I want a red lighter, I don't want to have to buy Zycar. You know, know, I feel like with tools, you're buying it. You don't really care what color your tools are. You care what brand they are because that tells you what their quality level is. But accessories are an extension of personality.
1: By the time you're choosing the color, you're choosing the color available in the accessory you want. Right. You're not choosing the color and then choosing the accessory based on that. You know, my, my Julius is a very good looking lighter in the red and the black. Right. And I've got one in the silver and black, and that's a good-looking lighter, too. But the red and the black, to me, was just striking when I wanted to buy a Julius.
0: Yeah, I think... Now, if I'm looking at an array of lighters from four different companies, and they're all the same, twin jet, you know, they all have the same features, built-in punch and and a really visible window. It's just... Those are the things I'm looking for. Okay. Four different brands, and they happen to be four different colors... I probably am going to buy the one that's in the color I like. Sure. But it's, it's only going to be because they all have an offering that fits my needs. Just like if Makita didn't make a reciprocating saw, but all my other tools were Makita, I'd probably just buy something that was either compatible with the batteries or the next best thing.
1: Right. Okay. Sorry, I got to chase a rabbit. All right. I have been now for 10 years... My family does not have a crest. Okay. Does your family have a crest? Um, you seem like the kind of person whose family would have a crest. How
0: dare you, sir? Uh, <laughs> yes, we do. No, uh-huh. <laughs> actually, no. <laughs> Stereotypes exist for a reason. So, no. Actually, there's kind of a funny story with that. So, my my dad's next oldest sister, um, uh, the youngest of the three girls. Was kind of the family genealogy. Every family has one, right? Sure. She passed away a couple of years ago. But, so there's no one really taking on the, the mantle. But we found out within the last five years or so that even though the family name of Deadman is ours and that's the lineage, blah, 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 our bloodline is actually not. Our bloodline, somewhere, some great, 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 great grandfather was born in an out of wedlock situation. And I quote. So we don't really have a family crest because we've got a little bit of turmoil in the bloodline. That being said, my maternal grandmother, that's that lineage, we we did there were Bowman was the family name. We do have a family crest. I even know and have met several of the Farkas and Clan members of the the original Mid Highlands Scottish clan that we derive from. So, on that so I'm a little removed in a strict genealogy standpoint, but fairly close to me, yeah, we've got a family crest.
1: Well, when I went through Men's Fraternity, program that changed my life. Yeah. When I went through men's fraternity, one of the things that Robert Lewis talked about was establishing a family crest, because as you hand down to the next generation, it's a tangible representation of your family. Right. It's a tangible representation of the values you wish to family. You know, the belief in a virtue is far more important than the virtue itself. And I've been struggling now for about 10 years. My brother and I have been putting our heads together. And have made no headway on figuring out what our family crest would be. You know, you got to have something about faith. Yeah. You probably got to have a, a
0: totem animal of some sort. Which for you would be a golden retriever.
1: Maybe a golden retriever, a lion. Bear. Your
0: your your mom is a golden retriever too.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you two are
0: the same person. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember the first time you met my mom. You should have told me that you were exactly alike.
0: Even the voice—it it was, it was absolutely uncanny.
1: <laughs> so you got to. So generally, I'm thinking three pieces of a crest. You got to have something that represent your faith, some sort of a totem animal. And then, is it an occupation? Is it a you know would I have a you know a cross, a golden retriever, and a house? What would what or a hammer? Well, uh, well, Padron's got the hammer, but
0: I mean, it it kind of depends. Cause I don't think it needs to be representative of your current house. I think it needs to be the lineage and the and the both up and down. So if you hail from a family that doesn't have an established crest, you want to look up a couple of generations and kind of find some of the core guiding principles that have led your family to where you are.
1: Yeah, you know. And how do you get that how do you get everybody on board? How do you how do, you can't committee
0: the press the crest? No, I think you have to do it. And if they want to to take it up, they can. If
1: they want to buy in, they'll buy
0: in. If yeah. they don't, you
1: wait for them to die and the next generation buys in.
0: Exactly. I think I think there's a lot of
1: stuff in life has to be done that way.
0: Because I guarantee you, if I've made up a family crest for my family today, and I just started telling my son that that was our family crest. There would never be any question of why he doesn't see it anywhere but in our house. And then eventually he'd pass it on to his kids and their kids. And then by that point, it's just, well, that's what we've always done. I can see that. I can see
1: how that that would work in there. Sorry I, sorry to chase I, us off on crests, but I, I've been I've been struggling with this for about 10 years trying to figure out how to put together a family man, I thought, crest. I thought it was a great exercise.
0: Okay, so from the Wall Street
1: Journal, you have the subscription, you take it.
0: All right, so this is a story. So the, the, the headline is, he jumped 16 Greyhound buses on a motorcycle. He can't believe what he's doing next. Okay, what he's doing next isn't important. Travis Pastrana, motorsport legend. He was a, a, a very accomplished motocross racer in the early 2000s, late 90s. He came up. He's late thirties. He's our age, and he then became a fairly successful rally car driver. And he's just anything with a. So the the story is he dressed in and like a star spangled jumpsuit, just like Evil Can Evil used to wear, and he jumped over the fountain at Caesars, which was the last place that Evil did a jump. You know, so this is it's very much a tribute. But I was thinking about this. Evil Knievel was more than just a daredevil. He was a folk hero in a way. You know, how many kids grew up watching him jump the Snake Canyon and doing all of these these feats on a Harley Davidson that shouldn't be able to do this sort of thing? Now, I can go on YouTube, and I can watch guys with three teeth and a meth habit do 14 backflips on a motocross bike. And I don't... Do we still have a place for folk heroes? And who would that like who's who's ready to take that on?
1: So Evil Knievel became a household name. You know, you'd be riding your bike too fast and your dad'd say, Hey, slow down there, Knievel. Right. Um, Conan the Barbarian, household name. My wife slams the door too hard. I say, Hey Conan, take it easy. <laughs> Leave it on the hinges. Um so your folk heroes kind of come into can they become a household name? Because of the fragmentation and how much information and data is out there is could you establish a folk hero if you wanted one?
0: Yeah, see, I don't... that That's kind of my point. I, I don't know that you could. I don't think there's anyone pushing the envelope in such a unique way and has the personality... To back it up Like it has to be A physical feat Of some kind I feel like I don't think I don't think Jeff Bezos And Elon Musk And those folks I don't think They They don't They're household names But they don't have Folk hero status And they won't ever get it It has to be somebody Who does something
1: I know you hate him Would Joe Rogan Be a folk hero? Probably And if we had to Tag a modern day Folk hero If we had to say Okay Before we leave here tonight, we're not leaving here till we put the Folk Hero tag on somebody. And that means it has to be somebody that's, one, still alive, and that's still relevant to a certain degree. The only person I could think of that would be a Folk Hero, I guess, would be, you
0: know, Rogan. Except that I don't feel like, I don't feel like he's done enough. Like, how would... How? What would you do that you're, like, all right, honey? I'm leaving to go record the podcast. Have fun, Joe. Like, is like, how does it? It doesn't fill that sort of emulation category that I think we're missing.
1: Yeah, nobody, nobody's trying to, you know, call MMA fights like Joe Rogan. Right. Nobody's it's, trying yeah. to do podcast. You know, we're not doing a podcast because of Joe Rogan. Exactly. It's Adam Carolla. I mean, we
0: all know <laughs> that. Um, I mean. Maybe Michael Jordan, or is that that's that's too traditional sport? I think.
1: Well, and Jordan already has the status of being
0: the greatest of all time. Right, to play the, the greatest sport.
1: basketball player of all time, Babe Ruth. Right, best baseball player of all time. Um, who's the soccer dude?
0: There's a handful Messi. of them: Messi, Pele. Yeah. you name it. Yeah, you know
1: every sport kind of already has their guys. Yeah, so you have
0: to look outside of sport.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the, one of the biggest debates in wrestling, Andre the Giant or Ric Flair, who's the most iconic? Who's the most iconic sports figure? You know, who is the the most iconic wrestler in history? Is it Andre the Giant? Is it Nature Boy or Ric Flair? Yeah, it really it really comes down it's Andre, to those but, two. Okay, I think it is Andre too because he's completely
0: universally recognized. Right. And he has the folk hero status by his exploits outside of the ring. And I think that's kind of... You know, Evil had the personality. He was going on Carson, and he was going and he was doing the things. um, Steve Irwin, maybe. He died at a good time. Yeah. And if you can die at a good time. Uh, Yeah.
1: And he, he, he didn't... And is that... Is that why the Daredevil becomes a folk hero? Because they don't have a long life expectancy.
0: I, th- there's probably a lot to be said for that.
1: I mean, it's been said, not to be morbid, but it's been said that Elvis Presley's greatest career move was dying.
0: Well, I've, I've said it before about Jim Croce. I'm a huge Jim Croce fan. If you want a snapshot of 70s American sort of pop folk rock it's Jim Croce, and if he had lived to continue to make music, I don't think it would be the time capsule it is. I don't think it would be quite as captivating.
1: Burt Reynolds? No. Burt Reynolds very iconic. Iconic, sure, but he's not a folk hero. No, he's, he's a little too mainstream. To exactly. Be. I mean, in certain circles, he's legendary, but um, I don't know. It's it's interesting, Are and is our society... Worse off for not having these iconic.
0: I think so. I, I really do because Evo Knievel did nothing of substance to, to push the whole of humanity forward, right? He wasn't out there trying to cure cancer. He wasn't out there. But when he fired up his Harley, the nation watched. And it didn't matter if you were blue-collar, white-collar, red state, blue state. He was captivating.
1: Could could a folk hero be
0: established in our current society? I think it's possible, but I just... You would have everyone... Half the people on Twitter would be calling him a... a rec- oh, he's just trying to do what so-and-so said, or he's uh, digging into his tweet here, history. Oh, he said something racist in 1978. it You know, it... It's it's harder to have it's harder to be squeaky clean enough to elevate to that level of spotlight and survive it.
1: Yeah, few have done it. Yeah, you know Keanu Reeves, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Nobody has anything bad to say about either one of those guys. Right. Everybody, you know, you hear you hear people. You don't hear people say um, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, folk hero. Folk hero. Bill Murray. Okay, I'm in. All right. I'm signing off on Bill Murray is our current folk hero, that we, the folk hero we need that we didn't even know we needed. So moving forward, I like this article. I like it a lot, but I like animals. So I'm always going to be, be partial to these kind, and I love your question. Dog versus shark standoff thrills tourists on Bahama boat tour.
0: <laughs> I was thinking of you when I pulled this one.
1: So San Juan, Puerto Rico, a hammerhead shark comes out and a dog jumps in the water and says, bring it, mother. <laughs> <laughs> mother
0: Fisher. <laughs> I'll be your huckleberry.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, the. so the dog jumps in the water, paddled him, went and looked at the shark, and then the shark leaves. The shark says, okay, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore.
0: Do you think... It's like being a six-foot-four, 300-pound retired lineman that walks into a bar and some guy that looks like me comes up and starts picking a fight. And at a certain point, it's like, he's got to have reason to think he belongs here.
1: It's that or it's, okay, if I squash this guy, it does me no good. Right. If he gets lucky or he knows, you know, Weyland Karate and, and... destroys me it does me no good this is the definition of a no-win situation
0: yeah i think the hammerhead shark was doing that math the hammerhead shark (laughs) shark
1: said there's if i eat this dog everybody's gonna hate me because i ate a dog exactly and if the dog manages to to eat me then i i look like you know i i discredit hammerhead sharks for For all future generations So, yeah, I think this is one of those deals that the the Hammerhead Shark said, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but I don't see the upside on this. I'm trying to get back to your question.
0: Can we talk about for a second what tour company is allowing a dog on that boat? Dogs are everywhere. I know, but that's just not – leave the dog at home for that. Well, I
1: I have my views on this, that if it's a service animal – yeah. I better be able to see the service it's providing. Uh,
0: yeah. That's all I ask. There's been the, the, the service animal and the emotional support animal and all that has gotten so out of control. I, I just, I, I, it's to the point that now I see service dogs and I'm going, okay, is that really a service dog or did you just buy the vest?
1: Right. Would, would, is this an Amazon service dog? Yeah. Or is this a real, is he going to keep you from walking in front of a bus when you stagger out into the street? But I like your question. You have to pick two animals to face off and give them 50-50 odds what two animals.
0: Yeah, so not a, not a bear and a muskrat. This has got to be you, even posing the answer, can't really wrap your head around who's going to win this.
1: Hippopotamus versus rhinoceros. That's a good one. Similar size. On land, though. On land. Yeah. Similar, well, it could, it could rupture into the
0: water If the hippo gets the upper hand and gets him in the but water But that's the thing, the hippo has a decided advantage in the water Okay, but we don't start in the water Okay, but if he happens to find water and the foolish rhinoceros follows him in
1: Right, or, you know, if he gets, gets the rhino in the camel clutch and drags him into the water Yeah um, You know, then we, we can have it I'm, My two animals are hippopo- hippopotamus versus rhinoceros What are yours? shark and orca there's lots of videos of this and the the shark rarely ever turns out well
0: but it's but it's it is a little bit of a crapshoot it depends on the type of shark I, i'd like to say you, you've you never seen a great white in an orca or at least i've not seen that video. oh no
1: i've seen the video of great white of orcas killing great whites they turn them over on their back oh and get them into tonic mobility and then tear their liver out okay you, you can see that video everywhere not not to punch holes in the biggest. That's two fine. Animals. No, I'll I'll
0: keep thinking on it. Maybe when we come back at the end of the show I'll have a better answer for you. I didn't realize that that, that had been done to death. Pardon yeah. the expression.
1: So let's rank the cigar holidays.
0: And, uh, let's, let's do that when we come back from a break.
1: Okay. I, I didn't realize we'd already got the break. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't I, I didn't either. I wasn't watching the clock. I love it when the podcast flies by. It makes me I think if it's flying by for us, it's flying by for the listeners. I
0: certainly hope so. Well we'll talk about cigar holidays when we come back with this some more.
1: Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane.
0: Sitting from the across from the man who can wear the hell out of a kilt, Mr. Trade did. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was digging in my closet the other day and realized I have not worn a kilt in a very long time. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it to warm up so I can, I can fix that.
1: Well, we'll definitely have to wear them oh, during yeah. the, the watching of the Quiet Man. I came in here last year, and I had my kilt, and I had my hat, I had my shillelagh, I had everything put together. But after seeing you wear a kilt, I think I need a vest. Oh, you like that look? I, I like the vest. But now here's the thing. Would I look to village people with like a nice black leather vest?
0: I think so. I think leather's what's going to do you I got to go tweed there. of some y- sort. Yeah, tweed's going to be better.
1: Tweed to kind of match the tartan of my kilt. Yeah. That's going to be hard to find.
0: No, it, Amazon.
1: Amazon, I should
0: be able to find yeah. it. Yeah. Okay That's where I get a lot of money
1: Okay, I'll I'll have to get on that But speaking of which Let's talk about cigars and holidays All right. I want to rank What is the greatest cigar holiday? What holiday lends itself more than anything To spending time at the cigar bar?
0: Now, okay So we're talking about specifically in the shop Not just smoking cigars in general No, smoking cigars in general Fourth of July 4th of july you're outside okay so it's an all-day affair so you're not going anywhere you you don't have a a bookend on the event um i i think it's it can be as kid-friendly or adult oriented as you want so depending on if you're the kind of person who doesn't like to smoke when their kids around that sort of thing i think it's a good i think it's a good one
1: Fourth of July is pretty good because everybody's kind of looking up at the at the lights right. and they're not really looking at the cigars. Um, Memorial Day strong. Memorial Day strong because it's the official start of summer. Exactly. And you're kind of you've got a day off that means something but not overly bearing. Right. Um, you can, yeah. It's not
0: like there's a whole lot to do to celebrate the day,
1: right? You know, you're gonna you're gonna grill some burgers, right? Um, I'm gonna go fishing because that's kind of
0: that's what you do.
1: Yeah, that weekend for fishing, it's kind of that sort of of thing to do during that time. Of course, St. Patrick's Day. We've already talked about that last week.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's I think St. Patrick's Day is great because there is so much. That you can that you can do to it that a cigar just elevates the experience.
1: I love decadence. When I look at the '80s, the time which I grew up, yeah, it was a time of true decadence. It was, you know, as as Corolla would put it, it was prime Coke pre aids It was kind of the the decadent. Era in human history. If there was the Roaring Twenties, and then sixty years later, we had the Eighties. So sixty years. So two thousand forty. Yeah, yeah. So two thousand forty. We're going. The decadence train will come back around.
0: You think so? I hope so. I hope so.
1: I hope it does. I hope. I hope I'm around when the decadence train comes back around. But I, I like the Saint Patrick's. I don't like the. Okay, St. Patrick's Day is the excuse to drink as much as we humanly can without
0: dying of alcohol poisoning. It, it it's for beginners.
1: Yeah, but I do like it's a good time to hang around everybody. It's to, a good social holiday. Good excuse. Valentine's Day not a strong cigar holiday.
0: Not a no. It really isn't.
1: No, not a strong Christmas kind of the Christmas Thanksgiving. Kind of the same thing, family time everybody's all together
0: now you you've extolled the virtues often about the post thanksgiving dinner cigar and and I think there's a lot to be said for that we're we're lucky living in the climate we do that it's very rarely so cold that you can't be outside on Thanksgiving New Year's Eve see I'm a big fan of this one, but I don't really do the new Year's Eve thing I but it's I, I do think it's a fun you're going to be it up if you're going to do a New Year's party do one where smoking is allowed Oh absolutely
1: do one where you can go out and really enjoy it really enjoy yourself but we're just kind of wanting to do a quick ranking of holidays as it pertains to because we're kind of entering the holiday dry season
0: we are we've got we just came through Mardi Gras which I don't think is a particularly great it that's a drinking holiday that doesn't have a great uh, analog into this into cigars, I feel like,
1: and I don't think it's been co-opted quite as well.
0: No, it's still just in you know Gulf Coastal U.S. And, yeah, and it's not, you know, or and you know for for Catholics all over.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think it's been quite co-opted like St. Patrick's Day has.
0: Isn't that funny though? You would have thought a holiday like Mardi Gras is it just because it's in the middle of the week? Is that the only reason?
1: I think it because it's because it takes preparation. Uh and I think it's because people go a little
0: bit nuts. But that's just that's just New Orleans. It doesn't have to be quite so hedonistic. I just mean kind of celebrating Mardi Gras in general. I'm not sure what I'll, I'm not sure what I'll do, but I feel like maybe I'll have to do some some Creole dish for dinner that night. So, from AZ Big Media.
1: This is how do you pronounce that? Rakantus Cigars Founder? I think so. Rakantus Cigar Founders offers cigar smoking tips for women. Um, you know, uh, the International Women's Day, there was a big women's soccer game in Nashville today. Big women's women's time and all that, and I'm fine with that. It's not a big deal to me either way. Um, so what, this, uh, what she's doing is she's offering some tips for ladies smoking cigars. And I kind of like her number 1 tip. Don't reach for the flavored cigar.
0: Yeah, we talked about this a lot in preparation for the show and I and I fully support this this as a tip because I think it it does a lot of things. So when you hand a a woman a, a flavored cigar, you do a few things. It immediately impacts her credibility in the shop. Right? it makes it look like either a beginner or someone who's not really here for the hobby whether that's right or wrong i know plenty of people who simply prefer you know flavored cigars and that's fine but i also think you know we have this really bad habit of putting people into boxes i i think i've told this story on the show before but my dad and stepmom and a couple friend of theirs were in Uh, the Panhandle of Florida a couple of years ago. And they were headed to the closest cigar shop to them was sure thing. And so I I had smoked cigars with them several times. They were trying to get into it. And I was like, all right. And I told them specifically, here's what you want to ask for. Tell them that you like this, blah, 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 and go. And they said, okay, cool, got it. And they walk in. And because the women were the ones who were kind of like, hey, we want to try the person there Immediately put them on flavored stuff Despite the fact that these are people that Had already smoked a dozen cigars You know, not a lot But nothing flavored to that point And it was just like, oh, you're women You must, you must want flavored And I feel like that's such a disservice To an entire group of people in this hobby
1: Well, it's, yeah, it's a disservice to women It's a disservice to cigars Yeah That your cigar has to taste like goofy grape For you to enjoy it to me, is an insult to the palate. It's it's like it'd be
0: like going into a steak restaurant and then putting a one on the table.
1: Or yeah, are they saying, "Oh no, she's gonna have a salad"? Yeah, kind of that that same thing. So enjoy a good cigar. Um, one of the things said is, "Don't go too go mild. Don't go too strong." Which that's a general rule for anybody who's not a regular cigar smoker.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now I do ask people. You know, what do we ask people that are in the humidor? How do you take your coffee? Right. Because somebody that does take their coffee black, drinks their whiskey straight, they're going to be bored to death of the Monty White.
0: Yeah. And it's this thing that we also have to work on as as a community, as an industry of mild doesn't equal Connecticut flavorless. You know, there are plenty of really flavorful cigars out there that are mild in terms of nicotine punch. Because that's what it's really all about, right? You don't want a heavy nicotine cigar that's going to make you sick to your stomach. But that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a boring... And thankfully, I think we're past that point in life.
1: Where guys go in the cigar and kind of snicker and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to give him one that's going to knock him down.
0: Yeah, thank goodness. Maybe it's just because we're older enough that that we're past that, or maybe it's a general thing. But I'm so glad that that I don't experience that.
1: Well, of the eight or ten people a week I help with cigars here at the store... um, always one or two of them said well a buddy of mine gave me one and it was just too strong it just knocked me down and i just didn't like it and wasn't able to enjoy it and things like that so I'm, i feel like we're moving past that yeah i think we are too now because they said that that doesn't mean i and i'm picking on monte cristo white but to me the definition of a plain vanilla cigar is monte cristo white yeah i get that that,
0: that that's just as straight a it's not a bad cigar no, but it's just, if you have a refined palate, it's it's difficult to find anything in that flavor profile that you like and can pick out of it. Yeah, it's just kind of a boring cigar. You know, and, and that's why I always direct people to the Perdomo Champagne, the 10th anniversary of Connecticut, because... Have you had one of those recently? Oh, yeah. It's still good. Even if you're a full-bodied cigar smoker, it still has a lot of flavor, despite being mild in, in body. and And I think... If you want to get If it's somebody You actually want to get Interested in the hobby You've got to find Those things that keep Them interested enough To come back Imagine if the first time You went out and played golf If you never hit A good shot all day
1: Well It's My muchador cigar My muchador Always has A Perdomo champagne in it Yeah Because I always know I can hand that to somebody They're not going to get A bad draw they're not going to get a stem sticking through the end of it. They're not going to have any of that. And they're priced reasonably enough that if they only smoke half of it, it don't kill us. It's not like I handed them a Padron 1964 and they smoked about half of it and I wanted to smoke the rest of it.
0: And they're not likely to get
1: sick. Do you, do you have that? I hate when I'm walking through the cigar shop and I see like half a Perdomo in an ashtray. Yeah. I, I or a Padron, you mean? Or, yeah, Padron, excuse me. I want to kind of have a cigar prophylactic. That I could roll over the end of it, right. and finish
0: that cigar up for him. Yeah, I, you know, when I worked on the retail side of the business for a long time, I used to see that. all typically it'd be like a guy's meeting his buddy out, and you can tell one of them cigar smoker, the other one's not, and he he cuts the foot off the cigar and then leaves six inches of a seven inch cigar, right, just sitting in the ashtray, and it's like ah, oh, mm-hmm. oh, just such a disservice.
1: Well, and it's it's insulting to me on a personal level because I know how much work went into making that cigar now granted the company got
0: paid for right. it so the company's not hurting for it but I like to think that there's a higher calling but at the same time I also because of my unique perspective in my relationship with alcohol I can appreciate somebody in the case where maybe it was just too much for them and they found their limit and put it down And I because do have- I don't possess that gene
1: Well, and I do say this to people all the time. People come and say, oh, I've never... They say, you know, what's the best cigar in here? Padron. Yeah. Everybody in cigar business plays Padron. And they say, well, I've never had a Padron. Then don't. Yeah. I'll always say, don't. Because you'll never miss it. And then they immediately grab one. I could could sell a thousand Padrons just using that technique. Because immediately, they're like, okay, this is so good, he doesn't want me to smoke it. This is the forbidden fruit. Right. And uh, And in a way, it is. Oh, in a way. It is that good. In a way, I, I might as well be the serpent in the tree in this particular instance. So from um, Spectrum News 9. They're, they're on, on your, your side. side. <laughs> Out of Tampa. <laughs> w- Do you wonder how many of our listeners, every time they, they hear a news right. story, says they're on your side? Yep. <laughs> Where the news is being made news, and we're the news makers. <laughs> 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 they're on your side. Newman Cigar Family Plans New Ybor City District. So the long and short of this is that J.C. Newman is planning to transform their corner of Ybor City into a park with cigar workers, a tobacco farm, a restored inn, and just a a nice improvement. And if you've never been to Ybor City, I always find myself... We've been talking about this a lot lately because... This hog hunting trip has inspired a lot of people to say, oh, wait, we can do things outside of just sitting in the cigar shop together. Right. And this
0: is the time of year to head down to Tampa.
1: Oh, absolutely. You want to, I think, Tampa before May. Yeah. I think you've always got to be out of Tampa by May because that's when the humidity festival starts. Uh huh. And you kind of, so from now till May, you kind of in that golden time to go to Tampa. But I always have to tell people, okay, we'll go to Ybor City, we'll enjoy ourselves, it'll be great, and we'll be out of there before dark. And I think that's a disservice to Ebor City, that, uh, that I feel that I have to get everybody out of there, all of the good, decent folk out of there before the nightclub scene takes over and it becomes a stabbing festival.
0: Yeah, but I also think that stems from the fact that you're just not a nightlife guy anyway. I'm sure if there were somebody that enjoyed the nightlife aspect, they'd probably be fine. I don't, I mean granted I don't keep up with Ybor City News but I'd imagine it's not any more dangerous than anywhere else. I think it's just a a total shift from the demographic from day to night.
1: I don't know. Even the store owners will tell you to get out of there before night. Oh, okay. If you're a tourist, get out of there before nightfall. All right. Because that's when the hard partiers come out and really start the drinking and the all of the lascivious stuff begins after dark in Ybor City. And, we'll, and it's fine. Davidoff Geneva is right there in Tampa, and you can go sit in the parking lot and count the Lamborghinis and Mercedes and smoke your cigar and enjoy yourself. Yeah, That works. It's not, it's not like there's nowhere else to go. It's not like we have to... You know, go lock the doors and bar the windows before the purge begins. Right. But I do like to see Newman starting this motion, and I hope it gathers steam. I hope it gathers steam where Newman builds a more family-friendly... Ebor City? Yeah, not even a more... Family-friendly is probably not the word because nobody wants their kids. A more cleaned up. Yeah, a more cleaned up, a less trashy type of Tampa. So how big is this shop that we're sitting in? 1,723
0: square feet. Okay, so this park is going to be 10,000 square feet. So a little over five times what this shop is. Trying to put that in perspective to me. Um, that's going to be a decent size little city center park. You know, it's no central park. You're not going to be riding your bike or running around it, but it'll be there's going to be a fountain in the middle. They said there's going to be lots of benches and a little walking path. It's going to be some domino tables. Probably oh, I'm some sure. Some dominoes
1: but... getting played, cigars to be smoked,
0: and how would you like to own the coffee cart that's set right there on that corner? Oh man, that'd be a great. That'd but, be a great. That would year. be great. The
1: the coffee cart, the ice cream stand. Yeah. Where you get the kids some ice cream while you smoke your cigar, the, this could really sprout up. But I hope it does because if you go to Ybor City. It's nice, but it does feel run down. It does feel... You know, the homeless don't help that.
0: Well, But also, we've talked... How many times over the course of the time we've been doing this podcast have we talked about factories that are being torn down or refurbished or revitalized? In fact, that's part of this. We talked... I think it was our first episode back. We talked about uh, an old cigar factory that's being converted into a small inn, uh, but they had a bat problem. So part of the part of how they figured out how to deal with the bat population, they're building a bat house in the park. So that's where the bats are going to go. But they're revitalizing these old, rundown. in fact, that particular building, one of the um, one of the State Historic Preservation Society people said that they've only seen one other building in the state of Florida worse condition than this one that was actually restored. So they're really pumping a lot of energy back into this area, which is great to see.
1: And uh if I was if I was Nick Perdomo, I would be looking at land around that to buy and kind of do the same thing.
0: Yeah and have have some of the the higher echelon folks come in and be part of the solution.
1: Yeah, Jonathan Drew, if I, if I was one of the big name cigar companies, I would be looking at, okay, how can I add to Fuente Park? How can right. I how can I expand onto that? Not and it's not for market share, but just to take and create that cigar lovers pilgrimage destination. Exactly. Yeah. And because that's really kind of what it is, we kind of take a pilgrimage to Ybor City, to to the cigar place, and really enjoy where our where our hobby was flourishing, if not born.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think we we definitely need to do that. I've I've still never been to Ybor City, so that's definitely on my bucket list. One other thing about this uh, installment I want to hit on is the fact that. Newman wants to grow the first crop of cigar tobacco in Ybor City. So in in all of the history of Ybor City, it's never grown tobacco there, but they have the the climate for it. They're currently using a section of the parking lot to test this theory, which I think is hilarious. But part of the park will actually have tobacco fields in it.
1: See, very cool. I think that's a great thing. I, I like everything about this. I like everything about how they're doing this I, think, I hope that it, it takes off. I really do. And, and I, I applaud Newman. I really wanted to hold Newman up and applaud them for going through the effort to do this.
0: Yeah, me too. Tell me about your Africa a little bit.
1: If you when you're done yawning.
0: Sorry. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. I've been up since before six this morning, too. So it's really good. It's I mean, it's so consistent. That's what I really love about the Africa is that the first one. That we ever smoked to this one still tastes just as great. You know, subsequent releases haven't resulted in a reduction of quality. You know, there's really nothing bad to say. It's still a seven. I know we're not to the rating part of the show yet, but this that cigar is still a seven to me.
1: I never get tired of it. Rarely a day goes by that I don't smoke in Africa, and I never get tired of it. Yeah. I mean, in whatever size I get, it just seems to be better, you know. And it's funny because in the previous show we talked about rotating the humidor. So what we've been doing with the Africas is we've been just rotating out the sizes. That works, you know. We had the Timbo, the big one, the six sixty, and we'll always have the Timbo here because I'm the one that buys them. Right. And then the Kifaru, we brought it in, but we only that's brought, my size. Yeah, we only brought in like four sizes. And on a Kifaru is the Rhinoceros. It's the one that's the Torpedo. Yes. We only brought in like four boxes. We sold through those four boxes, and I said, let it lay. Let it stay back. We brought in the Punamelia, which is the Toro version. Mm -hmm. It's always good, and it'll always kind of be here. But I think you can keep the humidor fresh by just rotating out your Vitolas.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great... If if it's a cigar that's hot, and you know that you've got the clientele that will... Not always just buy-on size. I think that's a great way to inject some some life without having to upset your regular smokers.
1: Well, by the time y'all hear this, TPE will have occurred. I'm not a fan of TPE. How come? I don't like the vape and the... I, I don't feel like, you know, um, two of the owners are going to TPE this year because it was just incredibly cheap. And they said, okay, we go, if we only pick up one or two lines or we just make a couple of relationships, our investment in this up next to what it costs to go to PCA is so small. They've, they've made it really attractive. So I will give TPE credit for that, for making it really attractive to retailers to come to their show. Yeah. So, but it'll be interesting in the coming weeks. I want to talk about what comes out of the TPE show. Okay. Okay. Uh, this will kind of be our owners around here's first sojourn without me on their own. I feel like I'm sending the kids off to summer camp.
0: <laughs> That'll be fun to see what comes out of that. But there's
1: there's no way I could fly to Vegas, fly home, and then go to Crossville and hunt wild boar. Yeah. And I also look forward to when we come back next week, I'll have great boar hunting stories. You're probably going to see a you know a photo or two of me with the boar on Facebook. May even try to turn a tusk into a cigar punch. I'm that i want to see i'm working on the physics of that i think if you cut it off at the right gauge and then hollow it out yeah i'm sure you can make it work and i'll can you You think i could sanitize it enough that i could use
0: it as a cigar punch oh yeah i mean it's just it's um ivory it, well no it's <laughs> it's calcium and keratin so, it's, so it shouldn't be able to yeah Should could I? you think i'll ever get it sharp enough Yeah, you should be. They use bone for needles, so I'm sure a tusk, being a similar composition, you could be able to do that.
1: Me and my Dremel tool are gonna spend some time on that. If I if I have a handcrafted boar tooth
0: cigar punch, that'll be
1: a great that'll be a great (laughs) guild.
0: Yeah, that'll be cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime you can get a hold of us. We're on facebook.com/ the cigarcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast and email info at the
1: Thank you everybody for listening this week until next week. have a great cigar and thank all of us.